Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. So in this podcast, let's jump into the deep end of the pool and talk about guns. We've all just experienced this horrible, tragic one-shooter shooting in Las Vegas. Some 60 people killed or approximately 60 people, more than 500 wounded, one of the worst events in American history. But the issue that everyone wants to talk about, and this is always what occurs after such shootings, is guns. And I may have more questions than I have opinions or facts, but I want to discuss it in this podcast, and I'd love to hear back from you after you listen to this podcast. Let me, first of all, make very clear where I stand. I am a man who owns guns. I'm a man who uses guns. I'm a man who believes we would all be safer uh, if more Americans, responsible Americans, had guns. I am not a member of the NRA, and that's just because I'm frankly too busy, uh, though many of my friends are. Uh, I own guns. I have a concealed carry uh, permit in one of the states I live in. I'm applying for a concealed carry permit in another. Uh, I own both pistols and hunting rifles, and um, I have enjoyed a long life of hunting, though I don't have as much time for it these days. Uh, Most of my friends uh, have guns. Many of them have concealed carry. Some of them because they're well-known and need it for their own defense. Um, Others because they just want to be of help should something break out in society. I uh, I grew up in Europe and uh, spent a lot of time in countries where it's actually required in some places for families to have guns, for the head of households to have guns. And responsible gun ownership is part of my life and my background. I grew up in the military. It was not uncommon at all for my family to go shopping at the PX or the commissary and have to pass guards uh, wearing uh, M16s and certainly uh, wearing 45 caliber pistols or some other kind of pistol. Um, it was not uncommon. Normal part of my life. My father was an army officer. Uh, common for him to be wearing a pistol. So again, responsible, even noble uh, presence and use of weapons, very much part of my life. I believe in it. Um, if every American could have a, a pistol um, after, after proper training and proper registration uh, and uh, know how to use it and uh, use it for noble purposes, we, of course, would be a safer society. I probably shouldn't say every American because some people probably should not be carrying guns. Um, but still, I am a not an advocate. It's not a main, main center issue in what I do, uh, but it is nevertheless something that I very much believe in. Now, whenever a shooting like this happens, you begin to have a major debate about guns. And I welcome the debate. We need to have a discussion about it. We, we need to discuss it. Uh, laws have not changed in this country very much. Uh, maybe they should. Uh, maybe with the technology that's available, we should be discussing what should a citizen have and what shouldn't a citizen have. So I'm not 100% sure about exactly what the laws ought to be. And I, again, have a lot of questions about this. But here are some things that I do know. The Constitution to the United States, Bill of Rights, Second Amendment, says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So it is an absolute constitutional right for the people to keep and bear arms. The context of that, of course, being that a well-regulated militia uh, being necessary to the security of a free people. Now, by militia, of 
course, the father, founding fathers did not mean, you know, skinhead militias in the north of Nevada or something. Uh, what they did mean was that in their day, if the citizens had arms, given the arms of the day, then they could resist oppression by a government, by a crown, for example, and they could also protect the society, protect the township, protect the state uh, from invaders of any kind, the French, the Spanish, the Native Americans, uh, etc. So this is what they were thinking, weapons being uh, of the type that if the citizens had weapons, they likely had the same weapons as uh, an army, uh, as an opposing force, as an invader, and therefore could could uh, go a long, go a great distance in defending themselves and resisting oppression. All of that was the context. Well, today, and I'm making no case, I'm just thinking this through out loud. Uh, today, we have a very different situation. Uh, the shooter in Las Vegas, a man named Stephen Paddock, had 23 weapons in his hotel room and apparently owns more than 40, most of them modified semi-automatic or automatic. He had thousands of rounds of ammunition. He chose his location in the Mandalay Hotel because he knew his weapons could reach the 400 yards to the venue where the concert was going on and where he intended to spray the crowd with automatic gunfire. So we're in a very different situation. We are in a different situation from the founding fathers. We know that it's different technologically, and it's also different in the sense of uh, to, as, as to the issue of why people own guns. Many uh, of my friends are just collectors. They just like to collect them. Yeah, they'll hunt. Uh, yeah, they'll go to the range once in a while, but they like to collect them, and they absolutely defend their right to collect them. Um, but I've got to raise some questions, and please don't think that I'm in favor of taking away all the guns and, and opposed to guns and all that. That's why I gave my opening description of my life with guns and my belief in them. Uh, I plan to have a concealed carried permit wherever I live. If it's legal for the rest of my life, I plan to hunt for the rest of my life. And I'm very comfortable around guns. And again, grew up with them literally at the doors uh, of grocery stores and, and what have you within my military uh, upbringing. Well, all of that to say, uh, should we not expect some modification of the laws. I'm not talking about a constitutional amendment, but some restrictions on whether citizens can own automatic weapons or uh, have the right to modify semi-automatic weapons so that they are uh, so that they are then automatic. It seems to me that there's not really a compelling reason other than perhaps as a collector um, for a person to own an automatic assault weapon. Now, I'm, I'm, I have so many friends who are NRA members and so many friends who are gun collectors that I, I'm being quite literal when I say I want to hear from you. I want to know what you're thinking. I want to understand this better. I've read the articles. I understand the sort of extreme rights case. I'm, I don't mean to be pejorative by saying that. The, the case that says absolutely, uh, literally what the Second Amendment says is what we should be the right of an American citizen. And absolutely, we should be able to own any gun we want. I mean, I've literally seen some of pictures of, of some guys in the South who have got great big cannon, you know, and they'll go out on private property and they'll mount a great big a machine gun, 60 caliber on, on the front of, a, of, a, of an SUV, you know, and play around with it on private property. And then, of course, take it off and pack it away before they leave that private property. It's it's 
pretty stunning. And of course, uh, so many people now have served in the military and they know how to modify these weapons that if you even, um, I, I know some of them have told me that it's, it's the process of modification that causes um, the threat, so to speak. A guy gets a gun that can't really fire, but he can modify it so that it can, just like it did on the battlefields of Iraq and Afghanistan. So we're, we've got a quandary going here. And let me tell you before I go further with my questions, why I am so intent about this. I remember saying to gatherings of doctors to whom I spoke in the medical community, you guys either fix American medicine or it's going to get fixed for you. That's just how it goes. The American people and certainly the American government and quite frankly, the political left will only put up with problems for so long before they will come in relatively heavy handed and fix it for you. And that's what happened with the Affordable Care Act. Yes, it might be overturned. Yes, it might be abolished. Uh, yes, it might be repealed and and, uh, and replaced. I'm, I'm all for modifications of it. I think it's a flawed law. But the fact is that it was an attempt to address a genuine issue, which is that medical services for the average American are uh, very much um, inconsistent and very much troubled and very much uh, very expensive and very difficult. And the process is wrong. And we know we're not providing the health care for the average American that other countries are with a whole lot less hassle. So fix it or it'll get fixed for you and you won't like it. This is sort of what I lovingly said to my to the medical gatherings that I was asked to address when I was asked in Q&A, really. I never would actually give a speech on that topic. Well, the same thing is true with American gun ownership. Again, something I'm in favor of. I think we'll have a far safer society if uh, the majority of well-intentioned citizens uh, know how to use a gun, own a gun, keep it in a safe place, and uh, and use it only for noble purposes. And yes, there are certain people I'd like to have concealed carry permits. Uh, if I'm sitting at a basketball game and some idiot begins to shoot up the room, uh, it, it's not just going to be the three or four security guys who are armed in the room who are going to help fix that. It's going to be people actually sitting there who either charge the guy with their body or pull out a legally carried, a concealed carry gun and end the threat. It's just how it's got to be in, in modern American society. I, I, I'm sorry, that's where we have arrived. So this is what I believe. The issue, however, becomes where a guy like Stephen Paddock in Las Vegas is able to own 42 guns, thousands of rounds of ammunition, and not have anyone be aware of it, not have it trigger any any computer uh, notification uh, f- for the authorities, um, not even, by the way, have it be noticed by the security team at the Mandalay uh, Resort and have this guy be able to engage the worst shooting, worst single shooter shooting in American history. So my question is, what is the loss to the average citizen? And is it any violation of the Second Amendment for us to restrict automatic assault weapons, if assault is even the proper term, and I'm not an expert, uh, automatic weapons in the hands of the average citizen? And shouldn't there be some sort of process where the total mass of my weapons is able to register with authorities so that they can know, yes, Stephen Mansfield owns a couple of Kimber 1911s and owns a couple of rifles, um, but, but that's it. But Stephen Paddock owns basically what could arm a, a, a small military unit. Um, in other words, Stephen Paddock owned 42 
weapons, had 23 in a hotel room. Most of them were either modified semi-automatic or actually automatic. And thousands and thousands and thousands, and we're talking about between his hotel room and his house, thousands and thousands of rounds of ammo. Shouldn't that trigger some computer somewhere? Shouldn't that be on a registry that gun owners... I'm sorry, gun shop owners could look at to say, this guy's amassing an arsenal. Do we want uh, the ISIS representatives in this country? Do we want the mentally infirm? Uh, Do we want um, people like Stephen Paddock? We still don't know what his motive was. Uh, Do we know? Do we want them to be able to amass small arsenals and do the kind of thing he did without it ever triggering anyone anywhere? Well, let me continue asking some questions. And I, and, I, and these are really sincere questions. Um, I, I know that some people will say, well, hey, that's just the price of, you know, a free society. That's that's the price of a democracy. That's the price of any gun ownership is that if Stephen Mansfield's going to own a couple of pistols and a couple of hunting rifles, that that means that Stephen Paddock uh, unrelated, by the way, I do just happen to have the first name. Uh, Stephen Paddock in Las Vegas is able to own 42 uh, very uh, high-powered weapons and amass a storeroom of ammunition and other weapons. I, I'm not sure that that's true. I th- I'm not sure that we need to let things go to that degree. But let me ask some other questions, and they really are sincere questions. Does it limit my Second Amendment right for there to be a background check when I buy a weapon? It, 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 it's perfectly fine with me for uh, the gun uh, store or a central office uh, somewhere uh, to, to be able to check to make sure I'm not mentally ill, that I've never been uh, convicted of a violent crime, that there's nothing on my record that indicates I abused my wife, um, that I have no, um, uh, that I'm taking no medication essential to my mental stability. Again, I'm not an expert, so I don't know which ones to speak of, and that's probably better for the purposes of this podcast. Podcast. I have no problem with a background check. I have no problem with there being a 24-hour period during which a computer is running my record so that this local gun shop has the right to sell me whatever it is I'm trying to buy. And let me make another point, too. I have no problem with a cooling-off period. Uh, if the press reports are correct, then uh, this man bought a lot of these weapons within the last few weeks. Now, it's very early, and that may prove not to be correct. And uh, whenever I mention guns, I start getting people writing me and telling me I don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm admitting up front, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm also dependent upon press reports that will probably change in the coming months. But as we sit here right now, the understanding is that as Stephen Paddock ramped up for this shooting, he purchased a great many things in recent weeks. Well, I would have no problem with him having to wait a couple of weeks for a state-mandated cooling-off period. I have no problem with the idea that the guy who's going to sh- who's intending to shoot his wife, or or as in one case, horrible case recently, shoot his wife and his children, uh, or, or or go go you know as we say now in our slang, go postal at his at his work. We've had a number of disgruntled employees in recent years shoot up their their offices um, and kill people. I have no problem with a cooling down cooling-off period. What 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 is it, what's the hurry for me if I'm going to go on a hunting trip to whatever, Africa, or go for a hunting trip in Rio Dosa? Um, I, I, I can plan far enough in advance for two weeks to go by so that I'm not, everybody's sure that I'm not buying that because I'm mad at someone. Uh, it doesn't seem to me to make any difference. So I'm asking a bunch of questions. Do we, do we, are we, are our Second Amendment rights diminished by uh, automatic weapons not being as accessible or perhaps legal for a private citizen at all? 
is a background check, a violation of our Second Amendment rights, and is a cooling off period, uh, a violation of our Second Amendment rights. I want to say again that I'm a gun owner. I want to say again that I'm a guy with a concealed carry permit. I want to say again that I'm a guy who hunts, and I would be livid and would join actions to resist any government attempt to take those rights away from me. So I'm a guy who is pretty much fully armed, um, and and most, most of my friends have some kinds of guns, and I'm not saying that's because they're all right-wing NRA members. I'm just saying that that's, that's how they roll. They like to hunt. They like to shoot on a range. Some guys have never shot an animal at all, but they shoot all the time on the range. It's perfectly fine. That whole culture that I'm describing there is fine with me. It takes care of my defense needs. It allows me to help in defending my community. It allows me to protect my family should anything come up. And by the way, it's a little bit of sport. I shoot at the armory in Nashville and enjoy it very much. But I don't feel remotely diminished in any of that, though I'm probably on the more aggressive side of gun owners, I suppose there aren't that many people with concealed carry permits and there aren't that many people who have a pistol or two and some hunting rifles. I mean, that's, I don't mean that as a matter of socioeconomic status. I mean, most Americans, according to the surveys, don't own that many guns. So I guess I'm on the more extreme side of it, but I don't feel diminished by not owning an automatic weapon. I wouldn't feel diminished if a background check were done. And I'm not at all concerned about a, a waiting period of a week or two to make sure that I'm not buying a weapon because I'm ticked off at my neighbor. So we're going to have to resolve this because here's the principle I want everyone to remember. Fix it or it gets fixed for you. Modify it from within or it's going to get modified. There's a lot of heat now about this Las Vegas um, shooting, and there should be. Basically, since Sandy Hook 20 years ago, when a bunch of the uh, little children were shot at an elementary school, you all, all remember that horrible situation in New England, uh, gun laws in America have not changed at all. Uh, in that situation, a mentally ill young man was able to get a rifle that was not locked up in his mother's house, take that rifle and kill his mother, and then go to a school and kill a lot of children. Now, the, the rifle was not illegal, and I don't think it should be. Uh, it was not required that it be locked up. It was not taken from her home because a mentally ill adult lived in that home. Uh, and you, you see what I'm, what I'm going at here. Uh, no laws have changed since that moment. Now, the last thing I want is the federal government taking everybody's weapons from them. That is not where we are. We are not at the, you know, you can have my gun when you pull it from my cold, dead hand status. Remember, that's why I've said twice in this podcast where I am personally regarding guns. But I'm trying to understand uh, the absolute absence of any restrictions at all at a state or federal level to keep us a little bit safer, particularly in the, in the geopolitical situation that we're in now. I'm trying to understand why my gun advocate friends, and they are friends, and I have attended NRA events, and I have been to gun auctions, and I, uh, I just enjoy them as art and history, uh, as well as sport. But I'm, but I'm trying to understand uh, this extreme case. Um, because what's going to happen is you always have um, a boomerang. You always have an antithesis. You always have society um, blowing back. And so 
if gun owners and responsible gun owners and the NRA uh, and conservatives on the Hill in D.C., if they don't come up with workable plans to keep Americans safe, restrict the extreme and radical ownership of guns by extreme and radical individuals, and then protect uh, gun ownership of my kind, probably your kind, of average Americans for defense and for sport uh, without needing to have, you know, M60s loaded on, in the, on the front of their SUVs, um, then I think it's going to we're going to we're going to get a, a reactionary kind of law. I think that's what the Affordable Care Act was. Uh, and, and our society's been traumatized by it. Um, I think that's what some people are considering now when it comes to gun ownership. So let's figure this out. I'm not a constitutional expert when it comes to the Second Amendment or, frankly, any other aspect of the Constitution. Uh, I'm not an expert on, on on the history of guns in America or um, the laws that relate to arms. But I, I do believe in the absolute freedom of every citizen to own weapons for defense and sport. Um, I do believe we have a safer society uh, when responsible citizens uh, who are mentally uh, healthy um, and uh, well-intentioned owned weapons, know how to use them, store them safely, and are skilled at them. I think that's a good, healthy trend. I like young men being taught by their fathers how to shoot guns and how to hunt and so on. I think all that's valuable. But we are at an extreme edge now in American society. We're not responding to crises. This one in Las Vegas is going to be a major issue. And let me end on something that I think is essential that we say every time one of these things happen. Guns did not effectively kill those people in Las Vegas. Stephen Paddock did. So the only reason that I'm talking about guns is because we have this boomerang kind of discussion every time there's a major shooting. I think there is need for a modification of gun laws in America. I'm asking the questions that lead to that case in this podcast. But I also need to say, let's be clear. It was what was going on in the mind and heart of Stephen Paddock that caused this shooting. And yes, he couldn't have been as effective with a knife. And yes, he wouldn't have been as effective uh, if he had only used my Kimber 1911, a you know single shot uh, pistol. Yes, of course, it was the automatic weapons that made this worse. But it's Stephen Paddock who caused this killing. The weapons he used took that killing to another level. I'm okay with restricting his ability to amass that large of an of a arsenal uh, and to uh, have the kinds of weapons that he did. I'm asking the questions of my my friends who are more uh, uh, harsher on this. Um, are, are, can we not have some modification? Can we? Can, what is the justification for an automatic weapon being in the hands of someone like me, um, who just says he wants to defend himself and go out and, and hunt once in a while? What is the justification? We need to have that discussion and we better come up with some answers quickly because there will be a boomerang action at the federal level and more than likely we won't like it. I think Republicans are in trouble in the midterms. They're in trouble in the next presidential election. And believe me, uh, people on the Hill are incensed. And by the way, good people on the Hill are incensed. And I think we're going to see something happen. So you gun owners out there, love you. Uh, you, you great 
guys who shoot and take care of your guns and are responsible and would help in the neighborhood or help in a public situation uh, if something went violent. I love you, but help think through a plan or we in this country are going to see Second Amendment rights undone by a ham-handed federal action that we're not going to like. We know something has to change. We know our interpretation of the Second Amendment has not served our society well. Let's find something wise and moderate, or we're going to find ourselves in really desperate situations. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.